Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for bringing us to this place at this time and this season. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your truth. And we thank you for your hope. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may have a seat. When hope enters the room, as we remember, Jesus had come out of the wilderness after overcoming the temptations of Satan. And after John had been placed in prison, Jesus came to Galilee to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. He was already preaching the good news and had gathered the first four disciples. And Mark tells us they went to Capernaum and on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue. The synagogue was a familiar place for Jesus. It was a place in every village, every town and city in where the faithful would go for worship on Sabbath. It began with prayer and then the reading of the scriptures. And according to William Barclay, seven people from the congregation would read. Then the teaching would begin a distinguished person who was present would be invited to speak, and discussion and talk would follow. But Mark doesn't tell us what Jesus talked about or taught about. He only says he taught. And the Amplified Bible says they were completely amazed at his teaching because he was teaching them as one having God-given authority. But what the people in that synagogue did not know was that hope had entered the room and joined them. So I wonder if Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of God being at hand. Was he teaching about repentance and the love of God to the poor? Was he teaching of healing for the brokenhearted, the recovery of sight to the blind, and setting free those who were oppressed as stated in the fourth chapter of Luke. But we do not know from this passage of scripture. We only know the effects of Jesus' teaching. We do know that there was a man in the midst of the congregation who cried out saying, let us alone. What have we, we to do with you? Are you here to destroy us? The unclean spirit in the man even announced I know who you are, the Holy One of God. No change for the better was wanted. No freedom for the oppressed was desired. Let the people continue to be brokenhearted. Let us alone, Jesus. We don't want change for the better. We don't want anyone to be free, to have joy, to see clearly. I know who you are. You bring hope to those who felt all hope was gone. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be quiet and come out of him. And the spirit came out of him. The man was set free. The people were in a state. Never had they seen anything like it. At Jesus' word, be quiet and come out of him, the man was set free. And Jesus' fame spread throughout the entire region around Galilee. You know, prayer is so important. 
Prayer changes things. It changes situations. It brings healing. It changes people. Those who are being prayed for and for those who do the praying. Prayer is like an invisible force that can and does eventually break down any wall. Jesus was in the synagogue, the house of prayer, and he was teaching about change and freedom and an inner freedom within people that would set all captives free. What does that say to us today as followers of Jesus Christ? What does it say to us? Has hope entered the room? Are we willing to undergo transformation that will begin and continue to ignite a revival throughout the land in all of the churches and all of the people? To speak to those negative powers that hold people in bondage wherever we encounter them and to seek God's guidance by the Spirit of Christ and setting the captives free from those inner hurts and to act on those areas where social injustice has placed people in spiritual and physical bondage. Sometimes it can appear discouraging, but that's just what we may see on the surface. Underneath, there's another reality. There's a movement, a movement of change within the young and the old alike. It is a reality that we must hold on to in our work towards positive change and to hold on to hope. Last week I had the privilege to be in a class with young and old alike, learning various and creative ways to bring change in areas where God has placed them. They express themselves through spoken word, through creative dance, symbolizing praise and the breaking of internal and external bonds, through songs that create a space of healing and preparation, and projects that could open the door for healing of internal woundedness through Jesus Christ. This week, I'm seeing another form of hope with a group of trust builders establishing new relationships and looking at issues in the cities, and also a group called Faith-Rooted Organizing and Advocacy Work, both committed to change for the better, again, the young and the old, experiencing a move in their own spirits where they are seeking to be instruments of change to be used by God to make a difference in whatever area they've been called to. I see it even in this house. I see the commitment of the young who went to other lands to help a change. And I see it to the elders who have made their own commitment to be guided by God until the next phase of their work. The other day I had a conversation with a young woman. She shared how her mother would carry her to work with her some days during the summer months when she was a child. 
When this occurred, she learned how to interact with people who had disabilities, how to care for them and talk with them. At that time, she didn't know seeds were being sown. She didn't know drops of water were being instilled into her reservoir for the future. So that now she's a social worker. Hope can be like that. Hope can be like a drop of water in a pond, and the ripple effects can move in ways we do not understand, but it still change. Hope is to trust in the one who came to set the captives free, even when it makes absolutely no sense. Hope is to allow yourself to become instruments of change for the good wherever God has placed you. What do I say to all of this? Continue to walk in hope. Amen. Amen.